0: Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We are starting a new series today, and it's a pleasure to introduce it to you. It's something that's been on my heart and been on my mind. And we're, over the next five or six weeks, we are going to be delving into a new series, which is called, it's going to come up behind me. Prepared a PowerPoint just for you. Alex, I'm going to put you to shame with my PowerPoint skills, I'm afraid. <laughs> if, you, if you wouldn't mind showing the first slide, there we go. Real. This is our new series. <laughs> real life, real faith, real God. God is moving in our midst today. Do we believe it? Yes. Do we believe it? Yes. yes. He's speaking, he's acting, he's transforming, and he has been since the dawn of creation. Right from the beginning, he's been moving, he's been acting, he's been speaking. And the same God that moves then is moving today, right now in our midst. Our faith in him, in Christ, is what sets us apart. And this series is looking at real faith. Going back to those ba- what we call the basic of our walk with God, our faith in Him, but really delving into Scripture and unpacking this. See, when I was looking into this and weighing into this series, when I get into the nitty gritty, I call it the nitty gritty of faith, it can be difficult to live out on a daily basis. Yeah? I find it difficult to live by faith in some situations, it's a difficult reality. Uh, The question I ask myself at times is why is, is it so difficult to walk by faith? Why? And we read in Scripture countless accounts of men and women that have been moved by faith, that have stepped out, that have just trusted God. But when I look at Scripture, sometimes I find that it can be so far removed from my everyday struggle That it's sometimes difficult to apply it. It can be hard to decipher because we cannot fully grasp or comprehend it. It's like, I can see that they are moving in faith, but I find it difficult to apply it to my everyday. Now, in Hebrews 11, chapter 6, we read these words it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's a challenge. That's a challenge because I've at times in the past when I've read this passage of scripture, often found myself questioning myself. Do I have enough faith? Am I falling short? Even when I'm told a mustard seed is all I need to to move big things, to do great things, to have a big impact, there are times when I begin to think that I don't even have that. And so this series, the heart of this series, if what I've said has already resonated with you, is for us to come back to that fundamental aspect of Christian faith. Our walk with God, our faith in Him, not what we think we know, not our limited understanding or logic, but unparalleled, unrivaled faith in who he is and what he says. I want this series to be one that spurs us on, that encourages us, that builds us up in him. And so I've called it Real Life, Real Faith, Real God. Real life because, as we've heard this morning, testimony, Testimony is given by you of how God is moving in your lives. This is why I've been calling it the last last several weeks. I've been on that bandwagon saying, if you've got a testimony, please let me know. Because God is moving today, and he's moving in your life today. He's moving in my life today. And I don't know about you, but when I I heard what Joyce said, that built up my faith. God is moving, even in the small thing. It's real faith, because we're going to then delve into Scripture, drawing from these real examples of faith alluded to, not only by the writer of Hebrews, but throughout Scripture, and seek what we can learn from their accounts to refine our faith in God. And the end goal is it's going to point us back to a real God. To know the God of then is the God of now. And that God who moved then is moving now. And we have the privilege to partake in this by faith, being faithful followers of Him. Yeah? yeah. We're going to go. We're going to move forward. And so before I uh, uh, start uh, with this opening uh, message, I think it's important to just go back to what I say the basics is what is faith? And we see it in Scripture, it's a passage that is quoted more often than not. It's in Hebrews 11, chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, sorry. Mine's not with it this morning, (laughs) forgive me. Hebrews 11, verse 1. And it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. See, this is what the ancients were commended for those that we read in Scripture, this was the faith that they were commended for. And when I was breaking it down, trying to unpack it, thinking, okay, what does that mean? And what, I read it there, and even to me, that can sometimes be a little bit confusing. And there were several examples that I unpacked from different theologians and, and books that I had, and here are just a few of them. Faith is having the confidence that the things yet future and unseen will happen as God has revealed they will. It enables us to treat as real the things that are unseen, but it is also the insurance of heart in the inad- inadequacy of evidence. I thought that was important. Often we have to see things to believe them, but faith is saying, I don't have to see it, I just trust God. It's not wishful longing, but looking forward in certainty that what God has said will come to pass. God will perform all that he has promised to us through Christ. If God has said it, it will happen. And faith proves its worth. This, for me, I think it is so true. Faith proves its worth in the not-yet periods. It's easy, isn't it, in that has-happened. Oh God, I can see you have moved, so I believe you now. But when it's not yet, that's when faith is realised. It proves itself in those things that are yet to happen. And so, this morning, I am going to open up and share. That was a very long intro, but just to give you an overarching view of the series that we're going to be delving into in the next few weeks. And I was, when I was wrestling with this and praying over it, I got reminded of a message that I shared at the IBTI a few years ago. And I was thinking, that's interesting. And so I looked over those words and I was thinking, this is very poignant, but as God so rightly does at times, it's like, that was good for then, but you need to change it for now. Mm -hmm. So I've changed it for now. And so the message is the same title that I shared at the IPTI a few years back, but it's a whole new message for us today. It's stepping out to step in. That's the title of our message today, stepping out to step in. And we're going to be looking at an Old Testament uh, patriarch of faith. And it's alluded to in Hebrews 11 verse 8, which says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So we're going to pick up this account in Genesis, Genesis chapter 12. It's going to come up behind me, and it's uh, the first five verses. And it says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's house, and go to the land I will show you. "'I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. "'I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. "'I will bless those who bless you, "'and whoever curses you, I will curse, "'and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you.'" So Abraham left, as the Lord had told him. A lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. There's a lot in a few verses. There's a lot there. And I've broken this down in sections, and they're questions to challenge us. And the first question is, are we willing to be uncomfortable? Are we willing to be uncomfortable? Now, interestingly, throughout the Bible, the word go is said by God roughly around 1,540 times. Give or take a few words, depending on your translation, of course. Whereas the word stay is said only around 60 times. So, when it comes to a living faith, in our God. It often requires us to move from a place of comfort and security into a place where we do not know what could happen. All dependency is removed apart from a God who is there with us. It's a calling out from where we are at. And what God was asking of Abraham, if we were to think about it logically, it did not make sense. He was 75 years old when God called him out. 75 years old. His wife was barren. I mean, put yourself in Abraham's shoes here. God is asking him to go, and he's 75 years old. I mean, I think most people would be liking to kick back and relax for a little bit. But what I believe God is revealing in this situation is that he is not limited by our circumstances. What we think is a limitation to us is not a limitation to God. It was a call to Abraham to uproot himself and follow God's leading. It's that question, are you willing to step out in me? And when I look at this situation with Abraham, I'm thinking, our comfortable place, our circumstances, whatever it is we're walking through, they actually could be we can allow those to be a preventative reason for us to step out in God. They can stop us. My situ- I'm, I'm too old. I'm not fit and able. I haven't got this work towel. I don't have enough money. There are so many things and they can prevent us when God is simply asking, go. And when you look at Abraham's situation here, he was asked to leave three things, three things that were progressively more difficult. He was asked to leave his country, his home region. He was asked to leave his family, which was his clan. And he was also asked to leave his father's house, which would be the branch of that clan. And in those times, this move was unheard of. Everyone were, was together. So for him to step out in such a way, that was unheard of. See, I think about this, and I think about my life and my walk with God, and I think when God calls us to go, it can often feel like a crazy step, can't it? It's almost like... You don't know what you're doing, God. That's a a bit crazy. I look at our YWAM students, IBTI. God has called you to go, and you've gone, right? But there's always those questions in our mind. Are you sure? Is this the right step? And we often allow queries or doubt of others or our own logical mindset of trying to understand to breathe discontent within us. I think our own worst enemy is our minds. We start to question when we don't need to. Our commission is to go, to go and do, to go and do likewise. When God says says it, we do it. We walk in obedience, even if it makes no sense whatsoever. And just to, to share light on this, a personal situation for me, was 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, I was still I was new in faith to a point I wasn't really taking it seriously at the time. I'd gone away on mission a couple of times and come back and feel like something's not right, like something needs to change. And I remember I got approached by the IBTI saying, why don't you come to us and be a volunteer? But it will require you to drop your full-time work to leave your home and to stay on site. I was like, okay, I was like, of course, I'm, a, I'm different now to how I was then. So the Tom of them was kind of freaking out. Like, okay, yeah, okay, that's, that's a nice offer, isn't it? Um, so I thought, okay, I'll go into my workplace and I'll talk to my manager and if my if God, if this is what you want to do, my manager will be okay with this. Thinking no manager in their right mind would say, yeah, drop your full-time work and just work one day a week or work part-time. So I go in, speak to my manager, and she responds in this way. She goes, oh, but Tom, we know you. We know the person that you are, and we just want to tell you we'll support you any way you need. So if you need to do this, then you do it. Okay, okay, not the answer I was expecting. So then I thought, well, let me, let me speak with my family, because my family, they don't uh, believe in God. And I know this will be like a wild step to hear this, so they're obviously, there'll probably be a bit of a challenge with this. So I, I went and explained the situation to my family and like that, and I was like, God, if, if this is you, then my family are going to understand. They're going to understand, they're going to support me in this. And um, a few days went by and I was in the kitchen and my dad walked into the kitchen. He said, Tom, are you still thinking about this situation with the IBTI? And I was like, yeah, I'm still trying to work out what's the right step to take. And he responds in this way. He said, it looks like the IBTI have a need and you have a need. And, they're, and they've come together and I think you should go. So I went and that decision, had I not taken it, I don't believe I'll be on the stage before you now. We don't know how far the ripple effects of our decisions are, but if God says go, go. yeah, Are we willing to step out of what is comfortable into what is uncomfortable in order to step into greater promise and privilege god has for us that we cannot experience if we stayed where we are when god wants you to grow it's not that slide clements it's not that slide. we're still on the first point (laughs) back to the first one are we willing to be uncomfortable there we go getting ahead of ourselves (laughs) when god wants you to grow he makes you uncomfortable does. And so the question is, are you willing to step out? And so we're going to move on to the second point. (laughs) Do we question God's promises? That's a big one. When we look at this account in Abraham, we read eight times this word will. You will, I will, or the people will be. Eight times it's stated, a future promise as a result of stepping out in faith. The only requirement necessary to set God's promise into motion was simply to go. To step out in order to step in. Now what I find fascinating is all we read is in the next verse is, so Abraham left. That's all we read. So he left. No questions, no discussions with his wife, no talking with the people or the others that were coming along. I mean, I want to know how that conversation went with his wife, right? Honey, I've just heard from God. Okay, yeah, I've got good news and bad news. Okay, what's the good news? He's told us to go. Okay, where? That's the bad news, I don't know, okay, how long, I don't know, he didn't say, all right. But we don't read that, we don't read any questions, we don't read any kind of discontent, all we read is how Abraham left, he went. I'm thinking, if I was in Abraham's shoe, I'd be like, God, you do realise I'm 75, and you're asking me to go for a period of time, I don't know how long you're asking me to go for. There's a an I will statement in that passage that says, You will be the father of all nations. But my wife is barren, old in years. How will I be the father of all nations? I mean, these were the questions that I would probably ask. I hear you, God, but how long will I have to go for? What should I bring with me? How much money should I bring? Am I going alone? We can all ask these questions of God and His promises. We can all ask these questions, but the requirement stays the same go. Don't ask, go. We can often allow the unsaid things of Scripture to be our narrative. I find that. What's not written is often where I can find myself. The very place where nothing is written, the very, but like I said here, we don't see Abraham questioning God, yet I find myself often in a place where I question God. And our questions of Him can hinder our faith. They can prevent us from stepping out in Him. And what I think is amazing, and we, we have scripture, we have these accounts, so we can see how it unfolded. Abraham didn't know what was ahead, but we know the narrative. But the thing is, what we can learn from it is that the very questions we may ask God that prevent us from stepping out could well be the very questions that are answered on the journey. Right? We ask questions before we step out. God's saying, just go, and you'll get the answers. But you just need to go. As Paul said in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5-7, we live by faith, not by sight. We don't have to know all the details. It's just trusting in him. All Abraham had to do was go. He didn't have to work it out. He didn't have to figure it out not be the one to get all the details together. He just, once and more, had to go. Now I'm a structured person, those who know me knows I like organisation. You go into the office, you'll see my desk, it's all neat and tidy. I like organisation, right? And this is an area that God has always challenged me on. It's like, sometimes we cannot know all the details, because if we know all the details, we're not going to trust God we're not going to have reliance on him we're not going to have dependency on him and these faith decisions can often happen more frequently than we realize and we heard from joy in our testimony it may seem like a small thing but it's so important it was so important to her it was so big for her and god cares about those little things that he still We just put our faith in him and trust in him. People coming alongside, praying over joy, trusting it to God, and it's like, we just have to trust him, even in the small things. I had an opportunity a few weeks ago, only, like, in this room, I think only one person's aware of this, and I'm not gonna unveil the full details of that because I'm still on the journey. But I had an opportunity before me to go to London. I could have said no. It was like, it was an opportunity, opened up a few, it was a few months ago and I said, do you want to come to London for this opportunity? And I was weighing it out thinking, do I go or do I stay? And I decided to go. I was like, okay, I'm going to knock on the door. The worst thing that can happen is that the door closes and I come home and it's just been a wasted trip. (laughs) That's it. I went to London. And I'm so glad I did. because the door opened, and I stepped into it. And Again, I'm still walking this journey, I don't know how it's going to end, but I'm already blessed as a result of going. We don't know the end result, but even just stepping out can be enough to build us up. And so the final question is, I think the most difficult one. Are we prepared to step out so that others can step in? See, often when we talk in church about the direct impact, let me say that again, often when we're in church and we talk, we have these messages, we have these sermons, and we look to scripture, it's almost how does it directly impact us? And our walk with God. How certain things can refine us, build us up, bring us closer to God, help us in our relationship with Him, and so on. However, there's a big however, I think we can forsake God's big overarching purpose. We all have a personal walk with God, but God's purpose goes beyond just you and me, but we will have a part to play in that. And we see that in this uh, message to Abraham, the I will statements. God says, you will be a blessing. To Abraham, he said, you will be a blessing. Another way of saying it is, we are blessed to be a blessing. Throughout scripture, we see the encouragement to live for the benefit of others, to serve others. And this can often be at the expense of ourselves. In Matthew 5, 16, we read, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. They don't praise you, they praise God who is working through you. Our lives of faith are light to others. We live in order to make the contrast of our own lives, our own... uh, Let me say that again. We live in order to make the contrast of our own lives apparent to the world. Our lives of faith are shining lights in this world. Staying where we are amongst the crowd unnoticed doing our own things for our own benefit will never be a blessing to somebody else. If we just want to stay in our little bubble, no one else will be blessed. No one else will, be, no one else will see the light of God shining through us. I came across this quote from one um, theologian. I cannot pronounce his name, so I've put it up on the screen. There we go. He states, Flight into the invisible is denial of the call. A community of Jesus which seeks to hide itself has ceased to follow him. See, we, not only individually, but as a church, we are called to step out and in doing so, we will, as Jesus did before us, show the way for others to follow. That's our mission as a church, is to be a light to others in our community, to go and and show them the way. The world needs its guiding lights, and we are called to be that guiding light in our community. It could be in your workplace, it could be at home in your family, it could be just a person that you meet just outside the door that's walking past. We are called to be a light. Let our faith shine. Though we may not see the end goal or the promise in our lifetime, those who see our lives of faith, our willingness to show a different way, those who are blessed by us being willing to expose ourselves may in fact step into that promise. Yeah? Abraham, he didn't see the promised land. Those who followed him did. And it's the same for us. God may be calling us out to step out, but those who will step into that ultimate promise may be a few generations later. But it requires us to go. It requires us to move. Those who follow us, they may even take the mantle further. For somebody else who will follow them and can step into that promise that God has for them. I think the biggest challenge I find when I read through the uh, Old Testament and you see the nation of Israel and you see how it unfolded is that the blessing, the promises of God are not always reserved just for us. They are to be passed on from generation to generation. It's not just for us to keep a hold of it's for us to go and share and if we're not willing to step out if we're not willing to go it may prevent others from experiencing the promise that was not just for us but also for them yeah there's a responsibility and we all have to a part to play in faith but i find encouragement in god's words even to abraham you will be blessed by blessing others. So, my question to you, church, are you willing to fight the good fight of faith? As we read in 1 Timothy. Are we willing to fight the good fight of faith? See, the goal is always worth fighting for. Whatever God is leading us to, it's worth fighting for. It may look, we may not know where we're going. That's okay, because God does. And that's where our faith should rest. God is calling each of us individually, but also collectively as a church, to go. To step out in order to step into the greater purpose, promise, influence he has for us. That's not only a blessing for us, but a blessing to everybody else. Are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you perhaps questioning God, trying to work out every detail before you move? Are you choosing to trust him no matter what? Are you prepared to step out so others can step in? See, my encouragement for us is let's live our lives, let's be a church that operates in real faith. Stepping out and in doing so, reflecting and pointing people towards a real God. He was ruled down with Abraham. Abraham didn't question him, he went. God is moving today in our midst, now, directing our steps and if he's saying go, go. Don't question him. Trust him. Because maybe those questions will be answered on the journey and I tell you what it's quite a journey journey of faith the last ten years from that decision to go to the IBTI to now God's blown my mind away with what he can do in just me And I'm thinking we are community of believers what it can God not only do for you but through us Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at at infocenterchurch.uk or check out our website at www.centerchurch.uk.